You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody out there. Those of you who are there listening to our show, you are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show, Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff. And I want to wish you a good morning or good afternoon, wherever the case may be, here in sometimes sunny California. Not this morning. It is morning. But I know those of you that are in the Midwest or back east, it is either approaching noon or already at noon. So, um... Anyway, we have a couple things in store, and uh, well, first of all, I want to thank our sponsors for letting us be here, and that is Brevecto, the fantastic flea and tick preventative. It is a single tasty shoe that gives 12 weeks of protection against fleas and ticks. Uh, it's become one of my new favorite. For the Save This Life microchip, they basically a microchip that kind of turns into a GPS, and Finally, for the Kong Veterinary Products, More Than a Cone. That's an event of raising awareness of animal welfare through the arts. Great, great cause. Have great events putting on every year. And uh, basically enlisting the help of world-famous artists, actually, to paint, to decorate the Elizabethan collar, the, the dreaded cone. So when your pet has to wear one, he or she will be wearing a work of art instead of that shameful cone. And um, so that's why they call it the cone of shame. And uh, as a live show and a call-in show, the words call-in having some significance this morning, we want to hear from you. 877-385-8882. Once again, toll-free, 877-385-8882. And you can have a better, more fun way to join us live is go on to our website, PetLifeRadio.com. Click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab. Scroll down, and you will see a link to a Google Hangout. Click on it, and we can have you here live joining us on Google Hangouts. It's a great way to do it. If you, I'm sure you must have a camera on your phone, or else you would be sitting in Google Hangouts. So bring your pet. Let's take a look at your pet as well. So uh, today we are, well, first of all, as, as you know, I like to start with some interesting news features that I've garnished through the week or two. And um, then I want to talk about the good old internet, the web, the information or questionable information or darn right misinformation that is accessible to you and that makes sometimes our jobs a little more difficult as veterinarians trying to help you and your pets. But we'll get into that uh, second part of the show. So uh, anyway, quickly... Here are some I thought news briefs that I thought were kind of interesting. They actually, much of travel time is over, but hopefully spring, summer, you'll be thinking about it. And it, sometimes it takes that long to prepare for traveling with your pet. So, you know, the, the tips are basically to basically understand what the problems are before they're a problem, uh, starting with the airline itself, the size of your pet. Is it a service pet? Um, the hotel or family you may be staying with. What is good for one may not be good for another. Uh, for example, I heard a story recently, I think I've talked about it. A family is checking into their hotel, pet-friendly, pet-friendly hotel, with their dog, who's about a 55-pound uh, retriever cross. And as they're checking in, the woman behind the desk looks and says, oh, um, no, we don't, we don't allow 
pets like that. And the family goes, what do you mean? We called and the pet friendly. Oh yeah, no, we have a 30 pound weight limit. So it's not going to work. So we want to make sure that you're prepared. If you're going to stay with family, don't assume even family that has a pet or pets, don't assume that yours will be as welcome into the home as you are. And um, it might have to happen. It might work. But again, don't count on a future invite. So uh, again, I want to make sure that that's, uh, that's okay. And also, if you've traveled with your pet before, just learn their behavior. Learn, you know, are they in distress? Are they panting? Are they fidgeting? Are they vocalizing? These are things that you just want to know because you want to sit and talk to your veterinarian beforehand. And if need be, plan for some sort of sedative. I'm not a big fan but I think it's, it may be appropriate depending on the individual case. And speaking of which, if you have a pet that has to travel down below in cargo, i.e. too big to fit in a carrier which fits under the seat in front of you or not a service dog or you just didn't want to have a service dog that you decided to buy a seat for them as well. So uh, know the pros and cons, uh, types of breeds. Sometimes some of the airlines don't want to fly during the summer months through these short phase brachycephalic breeds because of breathing issues. Sometimes it's aggressive issues. Some some airlines have banned pit bulls, for example. So you really need to do your homework. There are a lot of things to figure out. And again, you don't want any surprises once you get to the airport. This is really cool. In Brazil, they have the Brazilian Tennis Open, just like the U.S. Open. And they, as of last year, and they're doing it again this year, and hopefully for future years, they have done away with ball boys or girls. And now they have ball dogs. So they have these trained dogs. Obviously, love to go after tennis balls that are all over the place. And uh, they're catching the balls and bringing them back to whomever is uh, sitting on the sidelines. And uh, they are usually rescue dogs. And so far, after the Open, last year, every one of those dogs was adopted. I think that's a really cool idea. I hope the tennis players don't mind a little saliva on the balls, but I guess if you have enough balls, who cares? Get a dog adopted, save a life. There was a, uh, in, in China, a, uh, a Chinese shopkeeper came to work one morning to find his front window was smashed. He thought for sure they were going to be vandalized. Things would be missing in the shop, et cetera, but nothing was. So they went on to the video cameras and what did they find? That a clumsy dog chasing a cat ran right into this window and broke the window. He was not interested in anything inside the store. He didn't get the cat, though. And uh, here's another one. Speaking of cats, this was uh, this one blew my mind. Hopefully it does yours as well, that even this was even considered to be a problem. But I'm going to read this. Cat ownership, for those of you who may have thought otherwise, does not cause mental illness in young people. Well, duh. Believe it or not, there was a story out in a scientific journal, a psychology journal, that said that there was a link between cat ownership in young children and psychoses as they entered adolescence. And I think that's pretty crazy. And the more recent study kind of disproved all that. But isn't that amazing that actually somebody thought that that was going to be real, that you have to be careful that owning a cat is going to cause you to become crazy? I think au contraire, having pets are going to stop you from becoming crazy. But anyway... Fortunately, this crazy story was uh, discarded in the more recent study. And this is also, this is a sad fact. This is Australia, a place that I've never been. It's on my bucket list. I, I'm destined to go. One of my kids actually did her semester abroad in uh, University of Sydney, and she had the best time ever. And I was so jealous that she got to go. I've never been. But on Australia's koala coast, they call it, where a lot of obviously koala bears, over a what 16-year period from 97 to 2013, 
there was, was an 80% decrease in koala bear population. And they attributed this to two things. Number one, some viruses, especially chlamydia, they figure chlamydia or a like virus took about, I mean, an infection, a bacterial infection took about half of them. But the other quarter of the other half, so half of the half, cars. These poor koala bears are being hit by cars. So for all of you drivers, Australia, if you know somebody in Australia, tell them to slow down when they're driving through the koala coast. That's really sad. And this is also sad. A, a veterinarian in Carrollton, Texas. Uh, so I think it's, it's the northern or northwestern part of Texas. Don't, don't quote me on that. Basically had to uh, treat a four-month-old pup for a heroin overdose. And fortunately, the pup survived. He is now with an adoption agency up for adoption to find a new forever home. So fortunately, fared very well. Unfortunately for his owners, they did not fare as well. And uh, they are both now being brought up, arrested for charges of possession. And they've done some other things, too. So uh, anyway, but good news for the dog. And when you leave toys around the house, be careful. Be careful. Another veterinary hospital, it was in the United Kingdom. It was a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, nine-year-old. This is unusual for a nine-year-old dog. But nine-year-old dog actually ate the child's little toy train. And the dog was obviously not feeling well. Clearly, it showed up on x-rays very clearly. The dog's name was Cyril. And the veterinarian had to do surgery on Cyril to remove the toy train. And it just goes to show you dogs, you know, first of all, I'm shocked it was a nine-year-old dog. Yeah, that's something usually puppies do. And secondly, a toy train, what could possibly be attractive, tasty for a dog to want to eat a toy train? But regardless, it did happen. So this goes to show you when you have kids, small kids, and you have a lot of stuff being you know, left around the house, in the game room, in the toy room, whatever it is, make sure you clean up after those kids. And this is really sad. So I, some of the stuff are cute. Some are not so cute. This one's not. This is a, an, a couple in Iowa. They've been facing animal welfare charges as they had a two-year-old, a two-year-old German Shepherd mix that was abandoned, emaciated, dehydrated. It was found by some neighbors. They immediately went to the yard, took it out of the yard, brought it to a vet. Unfortunately, the pet passed. But these owners are being held for uh, animal abuse charges, which they should be. I mean, that is really sad. I know that none of us out there, no one actually listening to Pet Life Radio. We know you're animal lovers. We know you're out there, but that's really sad. And don't be afraid that if you see, you know, anything that's unusual or the way an animal is being treated, you know, for us as veterinarians, it's it's a touchy subject because if the animal abuse is questionable, we have, we have to be very careful. So we can bring the subject up, you know, God, Mr. Smith, they're really thin. You know, you're, you could feed Bowser a little bit more. He's a little too thin. You know, I kind of like him at this. We talk about BCS, which is body conditioning score. And I, We have to sort of, on on easy ground, address some of these issues. But if you see issues of clear abuse, I mean, it was a big problem back in, you know, not forcing, not so much now, but when we knew these people were fighting their pit bulls or using them as bait, you know, sometimes the only person that would be in a position to really see the dog would be the veterinarian. So if the authorities came to them and wanted to inspect their homes, their yards, then they knew that it was the vet. So veterinarians were very, very hesitant to do so because of retribution, so retaliation. So anyway, it's a problem. Here's a good one. The U.S. Supreme Court. This I really liked. There was a service dog case of a girl, Athlena, who had cerebral palsy, 
and had a service dog named Wonder, great name for dog, who's helping such a, a child. And the school system would not allow the dog in school. Well, and this case ended up in the U.S. Supreme Court. And uh, basically, the ruling was a majority, majority ruling. It was a major victory for children and service dogs. And Wonder is allowed to come to school with, with this little girl named Athena. And I think that's great. And this one, also a good one. Speaking of courts, this was in California. And there's a bill that is before the state Senate to give a $2,000 annual tax rebate for the tax credit for veterinary bills for dogs and cats. So I think that's really great. So if this passes, that means anyone in California, you can save all your receipts for veterinary care and you can actually write off up to $2,000 from your taxes. So that is really, really cool. That one, I hope, goes through. That would be a really great one. Because let's face it, quality care is expensive. So um, anyway, so that's it for the news. And we are at the halfway point of our show. And when we come back, beware of the internet. So don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute after a few short words from our sponsors. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks, so trust me when I say no other tasty chew protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto chew keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. Tired of wasting money on giant bags, boxes, and jugs of litter that don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter that lets you use less and get more. World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to deliver outstanding odor control and easy cleanup. It's lightweight, 99% dust-free, and pet, people, and planet-friendly. It's even flushable. Make the switch to World's Best Cat Litter and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. We're live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Pets with Dr. Jeff. And before the break, we were talking, and I was warning you that we were going to talk about the web, the internet, all that great information that's out there. And I want to do it just by a show of hands. Of course, I can see you. You can't see me. No, you can see me. How many of you run to the internet to check on questions? You have something about your pet, you're concerned, and you want to go look it up. So you go into whatever, WebMD or just the Google, and you do a Google search, and all this information comes up, okay? How many of you? See, I, yeah, I'm sure a lot of you. 
And I want to know how many of you don't panic when you see some of the information that is before you. And I can't tell you how many times I actually have a, a coffee mug. I, I'm going to see if you can see it. I saw this. Someone sent it to me. And um, it's so appropriate. And I'm going to see if you can see it right there. And it says, please do not confuse your Google search with my medical degree. How appropriate, how perfect is that? So see, what happens is, is that generally you get online and put it this way. You ever watch a commercial on TV and they have all of this, it's a great new drug. It's a great for, drug for, I don't know, depression or psoriasis or, or some immune mediated condition that you have. And it shows these beautiful scenes of these beautiful people and enjoying life with, you know, walking on the beach and playing with their grandchildren, whatever it is. And then, so you're just like sold. And all of a sudden at the very end of the commercial, possible side effects are, and it starts reading things. Ultimately, you could die. You could die taking it. You can get severe disease. You can have this new insulin that can kill you. I mean, all of these things. And unfortunately, the FDA forces these companies to say that. Even if it was like one side effect, one person in 200 million, they still have to, this, is, could, this could happen to you. So basically, and at the, listening to that, you're saying, hell no, I'm not taking that drug. <laughs> it's going to kill me. And so what's so interesting, the internet is unfortunately very much the same way. It sensationalizes the potential side effects. It's like those commercials. You know, oftentimes I've talked about the horses versus the zebras. Again, for those of you that are new to the show, I'll give you the example that I often use. You know, there's certain rules that we like to abide by in practice. One, of course, is the kiss rule. Keep it simple, stupid. Number two, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And finally, this is one of my favorite, kind of gives you my practice philosophy. But if you're running all along the beach in Malibu, California, Malibu, and you hear hoofbeats chasing you from behind, what are you thinking? Horses or zebras? I'm hoping you're all saying horses. Of course it's horses. So why are you looking for that zebra? Well, when you do these searches on the internet, you are hearing about the zebras first. They don't give you all the much more likely possibilities. And then at the very end, say, you know what? Of course, after you've ruled those out, here are some other things that it might be. But instead they go, oh God. So I have clients with the most minor concerns, minor problems ever, and they come to me and say, oh, my God, doctor, I think, I think my pet has cancer. And he's got this and that. It's like, whoa, 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 time out, time out. What are you talking about? And I, we go through it. It's like, oh, my God, cancer? No way. So when you are, you know, again, as I often say about the Internet, it is a phenomenal source of information. But it's also a tremendous source of misinformation. Not misinformation in that they're wrong. It's misinformation is that the information is not necessarily appropriate, either in its delivery, in the where in their course of their, their description of whatever the case, the problem, the drug, they appropriately place some of the information that they give. So basically, it's information that you need to take with a grain of salt. You know, case in point, chocolate. Now, if you read, of course, the uh, online, now, if you go to a veterinary website and you look up chocolate toxicity, you will have... A, first of all, it'll give you all the different types of chocolates and how white chocolate is the least of a concern, followed by milk chocolate and then semi-sweet. And interestingly, even Baker's chocolate, which many people think is the worst, it's not the worst. It's bad. Don't get me wrong. But pure cocoa, cocoa powder, that's the really bad. So, and, so if, and they give you a list. You can look at chart by how much 
per of your pet's weight, body weight, how much chocolate would be toxic, again, based on the amount of ounces that they ate. So right there, it just, it, it, you, you read that, 90% of the calls that I get about chocolate, it's like, don't worry, not, it's not a problem. There are still websites to talk about poisonous plants, and they talk about poinsettia. In order, I mean, you, you'd have to eat a bushel, not you, your pet, would have to eat a bushel so much that they wouldn't even be able to fit it in their stomach in one sitting, and yet it's, it's still on that list. And then there are other plants that are much more dangerous that aren't on the list. So I think that it's a great way to start not take the information home as gospel. But when you're looking something up on the internet, write it down, look at the facts, look at more than one site. And also try to go to a veterinary site, like the American Animal Hospital site, like the American Veterinary Medical Association site, like the ASPCA or University of Minnesota pet poison hotlines. Look Look for more sites that are more appropriate, appropriately geared from the veterinary aspect. And then once you have the information, don't panic yet. Now is the time to call your veterinarian. Not the way people sometimes call me and said, I, I went on the internet and this is what I'm so worried about. Say, here's my concern, X, Y, Z. I did do some you know, research on the internet. They mentioned, not said, they mentioned that this, these are some possibilities. What do you think? Do you need to come in? And then the appropriate, there's a problem when you look something up the internet and someone calls me with a problem. I have just as many questions in return than they do. You can't ask the internet questions after you read that little paragraph. When did this happen? How's the dog been since? How's he acting? Did he eat? Has he had a bowel movement? Is he still drinking? I mean, you got to treat the big picture. You got to look at, at the pet. When you see a dog is acting totally fine, despite what it may have gotten a hold of, then you don't have to worry so much. Or as much. I'm not saying ignore the fact. You still might want to put a call into your veterinarian, and your veterinarian might tell you what to watch for over the next few hours. But however, if you have a pet that did something that may be dangerous and is really acting terribly, is very weak, the gums are white, does want to eat, is continually vomiting, and you read something on the internet that looks like it could be serious, then of course, don't even necessarily call your veterinarian. In a case like that, go straight to the emergency hospital or go straight to your vet. The issue is that you are responding based on what you see in front of you, the condition of your pet, not necessarily what the internet says. And when you're dealing with something that you've noticed, but like, for example, there's a biggie, you get all these little growths on, on the skin, and many of them are not a problem. Some of them are. But if it's been there, if it you know came up, it's been there for a while, it hasn't changed, doesn't bother the dog when you touch it, it's not an emergency. It's not something you have to go in right now. It's good. Darn, things been there for three weeks. So again, you have to always look at the big picture. I'm a huge fan of not necessarily treating the test, treating the internet, what the internet says, treating what my homework says. I like to treat the patient. So look at the pet. Is the pet exhibiting a sign or signs that have you worried right now that came on suddenly? That's important too. And maybe it's time to go see your veterinarian. And also things that have been going on for a long time. I mean, you get these complaints about a pet's vomiting. So, and again, the vomiting, oh my God, there are so many different causes of vomiting. So you really have to get a really thorough history. But, you know, sometimes I ask a client, so they call on an emergency and it's a Saturday night and the dog's been vomiting. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this is a cute onset. This is serious. How long has he been vomiting? Oh God, he's been vomiting for about three weeks now. Three weeks Three weeks and you call me on a Saturday night as an emergency? What what happened to the, the several weeks in between where you could have come on during the day? 
So um, these are the funny things. Don't don't ignore things either. I mean, come on. When, you, when your pet's having a problem for a long time, you got to act. So uh, anyway, take home lesson. Look it up. Obviously, do some homework. Try to stay with legitimate sites. Read the whole thing. And just remember, these are uh, synopses. These are, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is what your pet has. Hopefully, they give you a lot of possibilities. You have to look at the history, see which one fits, and what are the likelihoods. But don't necessarily always panic. If it sounds terrible, you know, not in panic, but do call your veterinarian and uh, uh, it would be a good idea if it's something that could be really bad, at least have your pet checked. But don't, don't panic. All right, that's it for today. So um, anyway, it was, um, if you have any questions, you know, I'd like to hear from you guys. You can always get a hold of me at drjeff at petliferadio.com. And when you have, you know, when you get the courage, it'd be great for you to join us online, 877-385-8882 or on Google Hangouts. Thanks again to our sponsors, Bravecto, uh, 12-week flea and tick prevention in one tasty chew. Uh, More than a cone, uh, again, raising awareness of animal welfare through the arts. And finally, save this life microchip. And uh, have a great week, everybody. And we will be here. Am I here next week? Um, mm, I don't, I'm not sure. I may be coming to you um, live from Cabo San Lucas. Um, but uh, we got to work on that and see if I get the internet connection. Anyway, have a good week. And uh, if not next week, we'll see you the week after. Be well. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>